A very warm welcome to all God's people today. My name is Bill Roth. I'm pastor of Congregational Care here at Myers Park. And with me today is Uyan Kim, pastor of discipleship here as well. We're so delighted you've joined us this day, both in person and online. We would invite you to register your attendance on the attendance pad. You can use the QR code. I think I'm calling it the right thing. That's right, Bill. Yeah. However you want to register, we just want to be able to reach out to you and, and make contact with you, tell you more about how you can be involved in the ministry and life of this great church. Uyan, speaking of involvement, tell us what's going on in the church this week. Wonderful. I'm so grateful to be together. As usual, we invite your attention to this week's e-newsletter along with the bulletin as well which has all the, the, the information of the variety of ministries happening this week and this month throughout the summer. One thing we wanted to highlight for you, our very own Pastor Nancy Watson wow. officially retired this past weekend at Lake uh, Junaluska, but she is, as many of you know, she'll be coming back to be with us, to continue to minister with us, focusing on pastoral care ministry uh, with Pastor Bill. And we want to celebrate her and honor this occasion. So after 11 a.m. worship, so after worship today, please do find yourselves at Parish Lobby where we will have a reception in honor of Pastor Nancy Watson uh, to let her know just how much we love her and appreciate her. And we hope to see many of you there. It is good that we are here right now, this day. Let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
friends, as one body, let us confess our Christian faith and the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed as printed in our bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. a privilege to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Uh, Caitlin and Brent Dixon bring their son, Wade Curtis Dixon. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we're initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty act of salvation, given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sins? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by a teaching example may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves and profess their faith openly and live a life that leads to a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And to you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, will you include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Amen. Wade Curtis Dixon, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, so let your light shine before others that they may come to know God the Father in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you also grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice and welcome you to the family of God. reminded over and over again the goodness of our God that when we come before God to confess our sins, God is quick to forgive and be merciful. Let us turn our attention to the bulletin for our prayer of confession. Let us confess together. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us towards you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we are still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd, took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. This is the word of God for the people of God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always and in every way acceptable unto thee, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. On April 13th in Kansas City, Missouri, 16-year-old Ralph Yarl went to pick up his twin brothers at a friend's home. Unfortunately, he had the wrong address. He got turned around. Yarl told police he rang the doorbell. He waited outside, and then a man opened the door holding a firearm and immediately shot him in the head. After Yarl fell to the ground, he was shot once more in the arm. Two days later, on April 15th, 20-year-old Kalen Gillis' boyfriend pulled into the wrong driveway in rural New York after getting lost. There was no cell phone reception, could not GPS his way to where the address he was going. As he turned around in the wrong driveway to leave, shots were fired at their car, and Kalen was killed in the rain of gunfire. Two days later, 
On April 17th, outside of Austin, Texas, cheerleader Heather Roth and Peyton Washington were returning home from cheerleader practice. Roth accidentally opened and entered an occupied car that looked exactly like her friend's. But upon realizing the mistake, she returned to her friend's car when the other vehicle's driver allegedly approached the group with a gun and began to shoot the girls. Peyton Washington was seriously wounded. One day later, in Gastonia, North Carolina, on April 18th, several young children were playing basketball in the street as they want to do, and the ball rolled down the street into Robert Singletary's yard. Neighbors said Singletary got mad, ran down the street while firing his gun. Six-year-old Kinsley White was hit in the cheek by gunfire that also wounded her father. I'm unsure of the exact date, but several thousand years ago, God sent messengers to visit a man called Abraham by the oaks. As Abraham sat near the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and he saw three strange men standing near him. I'm happy to report to you that Abraham did not draw a weapon. He did not shoot anyone. In fact, when he saw the strangers, he ran to meet them. He bowed down to the ground and said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass your servant. Let a little water be brought. We'll wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And then he and Sarah prepared a magnificent feast for them. Now, why Abraham was not upset is a bit of a puzzlement to me. If anyone were to be mad, it should have been Abraham and Sarah. Because the promise that Abraham hears that day, the same one that Sarah overhears that day and laughs at, is a long, unfulfilled promise from God. Twenty-five years before God had promised a son to Abraham to make him a great nation, but nothing happened. And now, more visitors, more promises, more empty words. Let me tell you, if these three strangers showed up at my house, I would have been thinking, great, great, same old people, same old song and dance, get off my porch. What kind of person is harder to believe than a promise maker who fails to deliver on their promise. Of course Sarah was cynical. She was exhausted by the passing of years and by God's unfulfilled words. She was afraid to even have a little bit of hope again. And these words, well, they must have felt like a hot desert wind blowing across a thirsty, parched soul. Who could have blamed Abraham and Sarah if they'd slammed the tent door shut, tied it off? But they did not. Instead, Abraham shows lavish hospitality to these three strangers. They welcome them. They practice open and gracious kindness and welcome. In biblical times, the law of hospitality required that all guests be treated like family, like good family, because I know how some of us sometimes treat family. <laughs> this scene is reminiscent 
of Hebrews chapter 13 where the command is, show hospitality to strangers for by doing so, some have entertained angels unaware. It's clear, my friends, any casual reading of scripture tells us that hospitality is the sacred duty and delight of all the people who belong to God. We offer hospitality because all people are God's children. Thus, when we encounter the other, the stranger, if you will, we receive them as people who are already belonging to us. We welcome them as belonging to God because they do. Well, today, uh, hospitality is a billion-dollar industry in the United States, is it not? And yet, sadly, the stories that I told you this morning, somehow hospitality's lacking in our culture, is it not? We no longer see the stranger as the opportunity to practice a divine welcome. We've forgotten that our own gracious welcome comes down to us from God. We no longer feel this pull in our lives to welcome others as a brother or a sister. When we use the word hospitality, we use it lightly, don't we? We think of it as, oh, a meal offered to someone or entertaining guests at a party. But God-breathed hospitality means so much more so much more. God's hospitality is to extend the privilege, the privilege of community to those who have little hope to even to ever expect it because they're outcasts or on the margin. In the Bible, we find that biblical hospitality in the Old and New Testament often meant sharing a meal together. Today, what do Christians do when we worship and have Holy Communion? We gather at the Lord's table we drink from one cup. We partake bread from one loaf because we who are many are one. And sharing in that beautiful meal at the table reminds us that God has invited each one of us into his family and then we are to go out into the world and to do the same. My good friends, all human life begins with God's act of human hospitality. This is the story of Genesis. This is our beginning, our origin, where God makes a place for all of us in the world that God himself has created, a world we have no claim on to inhabit. And yet here we are invited to partake in this world. In the book Exclusion and Embrace, the author writes these words, having been embraced by God, we must make space for others and invite them in, even our enemies. Jesus practiced this kind of radical hospitality. He practiced it and he also received it. He ate with sinners and tax collectors. He accepted their hospitality as a way of identifying with them and bringing them into his community a point that the Pharisees understood but could not abide by. Think about the feeding of the 5,000. It's yet one more act of hospitality, is it not? The crowd, they, they've overstayed their welcome like bad guests and the disciples want to send them away. But Jesus tells them, you give them something to eat. 
feed these strangers. Do not treat them as if they are outsiders, but treat them as insiders. Because Christian hospitality always expands the circle of inclusion, does it not? Is that not the story of the gospel? The book of Acts, the spread of the gospel unhindered, geographically, ethnically, in all ways, the spread of the gospel for all people. The history of our church tells us that the primary reason the gospel spread throughout the Roman Empire was that Christians practiced a new kind of hospitality. In ancient Rome, hospitality was only for those who were upper class. You would do something and offer hospitality for someone who could give a quid quo pro return to you. But that's not what the Christian church did, no. They offered hospitality to everyone, even those on the margins. And guess what? The church grew, and they grew because they loved outsiders who were not, in truth, outsiders that were really part of God's family, people who belonged to Jesus and to God. When I was a sophomore in college, I became a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple. I was a young man. I was going to college and working in the summers on road construction. I was the only college guy on the road crew, and they knew I was studying Bible. So these guys would come up and ask me biblical questions to get my, quote, wisdom as a sophomore in college. I, I, I shudder to think of what I shared with them. One of the worst things that I shared with them, one day uh, they asked me about the fate of the Jewish people. I'd never met anybody Jewish. I lived on the only house on the mile in our rural place that was 15 miles from a county seat town, three miles from a stoplight that was the only stoplight in a little town called Silver Lake, Indiana. I'd never met anybody who was not a rural farmer like myself. It was easy for me to proclaim the demise of the Jewish people. Fast forward four years later, I'm an RA on the West Campus at Duke University. I'm attending the Divinity School. I live among a legion of my new Jewish friends in the dormitory. To my surprise, my circle of extending God's love to all people had expanded significantly, and I'm so grateful for that experience and that growth in my spiritual journey. Last evening, the annual conference was wrapping up in Lake Junaluska. Many churches, many churches have left our denomination in this past year. They left because they failed to see and to welcome the stranger that stands at their door. They could not. They would not expand the circle of God's love to include everyone. How that must grieve God's heart. My friends, hospitality is a sacred delight of all people who belong to God. Because we belong to God, when we encounter the stranger, the person we call other, we treat them as people who belong to us. 
We welcome them because they belong to God, and we welcome them because they're God's children too. God's vision for us is to live in a world in which there is no stranger, there is no other, to live as family. This is why I call Pastor Kim Brother Kim. We are family. We are the family of God. We call each other brother, sister. This is why at the center of our worship is a table where we come for a meal, a symbol of home and family gatherings of inclusion. My friends, I'm not preaching today to hear myself talk. I'm selling God's crazy and gracious hospitality for all people, the kind that welcomes stranger and allows the fulfillment of God's divine promise of love for everyone in this world. Today, I am asking you to join in the healing of God's world to help bring about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. To not just look at those who are like us and include them, but to look at those who look different, who act different, who think different, who believe different, and include them in the family of God. So as we live here to leave here today, I must ask this question. Who does not get family treatment from you? Where do you draw the line? Who's inside? Who are you excluding from that open table? Who are you excluding from God's family meal? Jesus tells a story at the heart of this ethical question. It's called the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a story and vision of God's grace and our call to live a life of grace and inclusion. Who is your neighbor? Who do I have to treat as my kin? Who do I have to invite to the table? And that story that Jesus tells that day to that wise person, a student of the Torah, he says, everyone, everyone. We are all kin. The circle of inclusion should include everyone in Jesus Christ. You and I are family. We're family. We are all family. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, let us go to God in prayer. Loving and gracious God, we gather on this day to remember your goodness and rejoice in your faithfulness. Thank you for calling us your own and inviting us to partner with you to share your love with all your children. It is because you loved us first that we are able to love ourselves and share this love with others. May we always remember this truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May we continue to widen the circle of our family, your family. May we seek and welcome those displaced, disheartened, and disenfranchised. 
May our home, that is Myers Park United Methodist Church, become a place of rest, healing, and renewal. Help us to be amongst those who include the excluded and bring in those who are marginalized, that when the opportunities come our way to be healers of division and hurt, that we become peacemakers and restorers, giver of hospitality. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We witness the violence, sickness, and death. Transforming, healing, Father, help us to make the light shine in dark places, to make peace known in violent places, and to bring about your mercy to despondent places. Mighty God, with your powerful arms, hold up your church and all of us here. We need to be renewed again and filled with your love. Reach inside us and open hearts wide that we might give the full measure of our devotion. Revive us to go out and welcome the forgotten. Heal the sick. Speak the words of comfort and hope to the discouraged. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up those who grieve and mourn this day. We especially lift up the family and friends of Keels Dixon and Mark Edwards as they grieve the loss of their loved ones for they have finished their course in faith here. While we mourn, we also give thanks even in times like these because we believe in the promises of God, your eternal presence. Thank you for welcoming our beloved ones in your eternal home. So trusting in your everlasting goodness, we are able to pray with confidence a prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, it is through God's continuous goodness and our collective generosity that we're able to continue to do God's ministry here at Marsh Park UMC. As you may know, starting this Tuesday, we have Vacation Bible School for the rest of this week from Tuesday through Friday, where we will welcome over 200 young people in the midst of this worshiping community to form them, to love them, and to send them. So grateful for our children ministry team and the volunteers that make this possible. So grateful for our collective generosity that makes this possible. Let us receive our morning tides and thanksgiving.
God, we offer you these gifts and thanksgiving for the work of Christ in our lives. Bless them in us with the power of the Spirit, enlisting all our gifts to the works of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Family of God, hear these words of blessing. Go forth from this place to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do, remembering always that you are sent in Christ's most holy and precious name. Amen. <laughs>